I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Cold Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider becoming a patron and joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash cult pop show. So I just assumed you would let me do half, but no. Uh, okay. Let's let's go again. No, no. Let's. We've started the episode. Welcome to the Cold Popshire Podcast. That's not even the tune. Just <laughs> gone off completely. Welcome to the Cold Popshire Podcast. Specifically, welcome to Film Franchise Fortnite's on the specifically. Podcast. Welcome to this episode of Film Franchise Fortnite. Exactly. My name is AJ, and specifically, my name is Richard. And today, um, it's funny that, yeah, specifically your name is Richard, but not specifically my name is AJ. That's actually true. Like, generally speaking, my name is AJ, (laughs) but specifically my name is Alexander. But we don't need to go into that. Specifically, Uh, it's Alexander Robert Jones. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Do you know my middle names? Well, actually, specifically your Richard... Malcolm Patterson Martin, right? Very nice, yeah. Oh, there you go. Look at us. Uh, yeah, so this is Film Franchise Fortnights, where every fortnight we talk about a film franchise that is either randomly decided or voted on by our patrons over at patreon.com slash Popsha. And this is one of the, the latter. <laughs> This is one of the latter examples where people voted on and selected us to do a little trilogy, Richard, called- Just a little trilogy. The Man With No Name trilogy, or the Dollars trilogy, or Or the Blood Money trilogy. Take your pick. I've never heard the Blood Money trilogy. I've heard Dollars and Man With No Name. I kind of like Blood Money better than- the others, though. Yeah, because both the other two are like misnomers because he has yeah, a name yeah. in every film and <laughs> dollars are only in the title of two of the films. But they're all about blood money. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the, the Blood Money trilogy, fuck it, the Blood Money trilogy is an Italian <laughs> film series consisting of three spaghetti westerns directed by Sergio Leone? Leone? Leone. I've heard Leone. Leone? Yeah, I have too. Uh, they have, but I decided to go against what I've heard. <laughs> no, they're known for establishing the spaghetti western genre and inspiring the creation of many more spaghetti western films. And I, I would just films- like to add as well that the three films are consistently listed among the best rated westerns in film history. That's not what I was going to say. Fuck. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they star Clint Eastwood in his, in his breakout role. Uh, as the man with no name slash the man with a name, uh, but more on that later. The man with a name trilogy. So the films in particular are A Fistful of Dollars, a few For a Few Dollars More, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, Richard, this has got to be one of the most highbrow franchises we've covered oh, on film franchise. Probably, formats. yeah. Next to Lord of the Rings, maybe, this is the only like franchise we've done that has consisted of what um, your granddad considered you know, true cinema. Yeah, but they're also, you know, they're not like Oscar films as well. No, they weren't nominated for anything, were they? No, they, they, you know, these are like, yeah, the spaghetti westerns kind of a weird genre like that, that, you know, at the time it was a little bit like, oh yeah, and now they've, they're the ones that stood the test of time. Mm, very, very cool. Very, very good point. Uh, so the first film in the series that we watched was called A Fistful of Dollars. This came out in 1964 in Italy. And I don't think it came out in, I think they all came out in the same year in America, which yeah. is like 1967. Um, I could be wrong on that, though. Uh, but A Fistful of Dollars was directed by Sergio Leone. And guess what this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I'm guessing they're all between 90 and 100. They are. Um, so uh, I'm going to guess, uh, let's say like 98. 98, very good. 
Um, and I've stopped being amazed at you guessing because I'm. You must be cheating. You must be doing something because you you get it so right each time. Oh, what the. Uh, Stop this it. <laughs> this film isn't has been an unidentified. Uh, sorry, this film has been identified. This, this film has been unidentified. People like <laughs> for years. Scholars have studied this film, and no one's been able to tell what it is. It's uh, been identified as an unofficial remake of the Akira Kurosawa film Yojimbo from nineteen sixty one. Yo, yo, Jimbo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which resulted in a lawsuit by Toho, Yojimbo's production company, which is how many times has Toho come up on this podcast? Yeah, is this like the second time, um, the second film franchise in which Toho's lawyers were involved? Yeah. (laughs) Um, After Godzilla, of course, if that is the only, I feel like we might have done more Toho stuff. I feel like just, I just remember seeing Toho outside of Godzilla. Um, All right, Richard, now I've got one of the hardest questions I will ever ask you. (laughs) What is this movie about? <laughs> All right. So, Clint Eastwood plays the man with no name, also called, um, what is it, Joe in this film? Yeah. Um, who, he rolls into town and finds out about these two families who both want control of the town. And so, he, like, pits them against each other to make money off them and then also, like, protects someone from them. Mm. Now- why was that the hardest question I've ever had to ask you on this podcast? Uh, because, uh, like, neither of us <laughs> really followed what was going on in this film. I am so worried. You know, we're we're a film podcast, and here we are, uh, fistful of dollars. Quentin Tarantino's favorite film, or one of them, apparently, really nice. according to some very cool IMDb trivia. Um, <laughs> and yeah, man, this out of all the films we've ever watched on this podcast. This is the one I followed the least. Yeah, like this is one where I I got halfway through the film and I was like, "Fuck, have I not been paying attention? I don't know what this film's about." I was, and then, I yeah, and then watching, I feel like I was paying attention. I just yeah. wasn't, I wasn't consuming the plot. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. It's being on, but you're not. Like you know, when you're like reading a book and you get to the end of a page and you're like. Wait a minute, I didn't take in any of that. And you have to start that page again because you were just looking at the words. You weren't actually reading them. Um, It was like that. And so um, when I watched for a few dollars more, I was like, fuck, I'm actually going to have to rewatch a fiscal of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? No. I was going to watch Yojimbo, though. Oh, okay. Nice. And see if I followed that more, even though it's in a foreign (laughs) language. Um, Yeah, man, this, this movie... I'm sure it's as good as everyone says, but just something about the conditions in which I watched it, it got to the point where where I like I could tell you what the other two movies are about in a sentence. I yeah. actually couldn't tell you what a fistful of dollars is about. Yeah. It wasn't until I looked up the the um synopsis and i was like that's what it's about (laughs) these rivaling families and like it's just it just completely washed over me and i didn't i didn't get any of it at all um so sorry to i think alexander who who suggested this not me another alexander but he suggested this on patreon like the yeah you mentioned about it not being you you obviously weren't in the right place to watch this movie i think probably the best um, way to consume this movie is in a hot tub <laughs> in an alternate 1985 with two beautiful women just before your son-in-law comes in. Is it in Back to the Future? And and accuses <laughs> and accuses you of stealing Grey Sports Almanac, at which point you have to pause the film and say, you heard him, ladies, party's over. Wow. So back to, another Back to the Future tie. Yeah, this is Which our second are- film to feature a, a second film franchise to feature a clip from A Fistful of Dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, great flick, great flick. Our, our second film franchise also feature either a character or actor named Clint Eastwood. Yeah, nice. Well, at least someone going by. No, yeah. an actor, an actor going by Clint Eastwood. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll talk a bit more about it uh, in a second, but let's get through these other synopses first. Um, in 1965, in Italy, a year later, we had for a few dollars more. Also directed by Sergio Leone. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, ninety-three, ninety-one, um, which offends me that. 
<laughs> a fistful of dollars yeah. is rated higher than for a few dollars more. Uh, because I enjoyed this one immensely. A fun little tidbit, fun little fact about um, For A Few Dollars More. There is a parody of this film called For A Few Dollars Less, uh, which was made in 1966 in Italy and was the last of 86 films to be directed by Italian filmmaker Mario Mattoli between 1934 and 1966. Nice. What does a 1960s Italian scary movie look like? (laughs) Yeah. I'm very intrigued. There's also, do you know, um, Edgar Wright's first film was called A Fistful of Fingers. Mm. That's like a send up of Westerns. And it's, um, you know, very like student film kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So this should be a bit easier to describe. What is uh, For a Few Dollars More about? Uh, So you have Clint Eastwood is back as the man with no name named Manco. 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 And he... um, so he ends up teaming up with it. He's a bounty hunter and he ends up teaming up with another bounty hunter to collect the bounty on the heads of these, like this group of bank robbers. Um, specifically, there's like a ringleader who they're after, but then they realize they can get a lot more money if they work together. So I think Clint um, and the, so the other bounty hunter is Lee Van Cleef and they um, Clint infiltrates the gang and Lee sort of like follows along side but then and then they also realize that like if they let them steal the money they'll also get a reward for returning the money Mm. so yeah look it's (laughs) it's so much better than yeah it's insane i was like this is great i was following it i was paying attention and it was I, i quite enjoyed this one yeah um yeah, so that was that's that. We've probably got a lot less to say about it just because we understood it more. <laughs> um, so in 1966 in Italy, and I'm assuming 1967 if they all came out on this. I should have looked that up. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we got The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, directed by Sergio Leone. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I'd be like 98 as well. It's got 97, meaning that A Fistful of Dollars is the highest rated of the trilogy. Wow. Isn't that's, that that's insane. absurd? Yeah. <laughs> So due to a, a general disapproval of the spaghetti western genre at the time, critical reception of the film following its release was mixed, but it gained critical acclaim in the later years. The good, the bad, and the ugly is now seen as one of the most greatest, one of the most greatest, one of the greatest and most influential western movies. And what is it about, Richard? Um, so this one, you have the good, which is Clint Eastwood, the bad. Well, and so the, he's called Blondie in this film. The bad mm-hmm. is Angel Eyes, who's Lee Van Cleef again. And then you have the ugly, who's Tuco. Yeah, um, and then, uh, so the good and the ugly end up having to like team up to find this buried treasure that's buried in a graveyard because uh, one of them knows the name of the grave and the other one knows the name of the cemetery um, so that, you know, they can't find it. Mm. Just one of them. And then also hot on their heels is the bad who's like a ruthless angel eyes angel like eyes yeah who um is after them and then you know ends in a famous mexican standoff the mexican standoff you know um yeah and it's got the famous music the yeah. da 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 wah 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 that's a very unmotivated rendition da, 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 of it. Da, wah 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 <laughs> wah 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 uh it's got the um long the long takes and the wide shots of everyone standing in the west it's the one where you see people flicking their fingers towards their gun and standing and standoffs and like close-ups of their eyes staring at each other this is western the movie you know like this is where all your ideas of westerns come from basically um yeah so those are the three movies richard what did you think of them and which was your favorite um do you want to know what i actually thought of them so rotten tomatoes ranks these Fistful, give the band the ugly for a few dollars more. Yeah. From I am the opposite of that. I my favorite was for a few dollars more, and then wow. the good, the bad, the ugly, and then fistful of dollars. Wow. Um, yeah, I think as as good as the good, the bad, and the ugly is, it could be tighter. And I know that there's like you know an argument for that that it's like no, that's the whole thing. It's like about atmosphere, but the kind of like. It's not like the middle hour, but maybe before like 45 minutes before the end of the hour before that kind of lost me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and But yeah, for a few dollars more, it was just a really straightforward, um, fun to watch and not too long as well. 
Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. But yeah, there, there, there's so much iconic imagery in The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And like the Mexican standoff at the end is absolutely fantastic. And it's like, it's like yeah. how, how much it keeps your attention and keeps you on the edge of your seat when it's literally like five minutes of cutting between people's like eyes, faces and hands. Uh, yeah, and Clint Eastwood agrees with you, apparently. Clint Eastwood doesn't like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Or at least he said it was bloated. And nice. Didn't think it, they nailed it. Uh, and there's also a film critic who wrote the biography, I can't remember his name, but he wrote the biography of Clint Eastwood in which he also ascertains that for a few dollars more is the best of the trilogy. Um, I disagree. Mm, well, not anymore because I disagree. No, um, that, that, that doesn't, you know, dilute the quality of the company I'm in. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Was that a compliment for me? No. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying choosing- I'm in good company, and you're like, well, not anymore because I disagree. And I'm like, well, my company's still good. <laughs> in fact, it's but even I'm better. Literally, than your company it. right now. Yeah, no, but like that that director, that right, that, writer, that club. And, yeah, little club. Right. Uh, no, my favorite is easily the good, the bad, and the ugly. I found, um, as I said, I found a fistful of dollars harder to follow than any film we've watched on this podcast, and I enjoyed uh, for, for a few dollars more, and I thought it was a big step up, but I was still not really that into it. But like, I consider like, despite how like lukewarm I am on the first two films, for me, the good, the bad, and the ugly is like one of the best movies ever made. I yeah. reckon. I yeah, love I it so it. much. Um, yeah, I think like for me as well that coming off a fistful of dollars, I was like, "Fuck, am I just not going to like these films?" Because I like, <laughs> you know, I hadn't really read anything about this, so I, I don't know what people generally think. But I, you know, I knew, knew they were all highly regarded about the same level. But good and the ugly, good the band, the ugly was slightly higher, mm. and so I was like, "Fuck, what if I just like." don't like any of these and i was real scared that especially because yeah. knowing that one of them is three hours long i'm like oh my god i'm not gonna be able to follow it it's gonna be too long <laughs> and then i watched for a few dollars more and i was like fuck yeah like i'm so on board with these movies now and then the good the bad the ugly like i said just kind of like uh, it lost me in some parts yeah i th- i think it's just such a it's such a moorish movie i've written here that's the word i'd use to describe it like this is the movie equivalent of getting one of those massive gobstoppers from the dairy when you're a kid and just sucking on it all day like just just really relishing something that takes ages to eat like it's slow and meandering to the point where you could probably fall asleep for about 20 minutes or so at any point of the film wake up and not need any catching up <laughs> like you, you just wake yeah. up you're like we're okay sweet like each scene is so enjoyable on its own um and i i find that i think i find this movie really relaxing oh yeah i think it does something i've never seen another movie do where you could actually put it on in the background do you know your ironing or whatever <laughs> and and it's like you would still receive as much greatness as you would if you were paying 100 percent attention to it that's why i like it so much right it's like it's like the marriage between casual watching and true film for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I will say as well that one thing that i sort of you know, you know. Obviously, I knew some stuff going into these movies, like what about you know Clint Eastwood and how iconic it was and everything like that. But one thing I'd like I'd seen but didn't really know much about was Lee Van Cleef, who's like mm. um, the other bounty hunter in Fifty Dollars More, and he's also the bad and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and then so after watching Fistful of Dollars, not really liking it that much, and then watching for a few dollars more, I was like, this is the series's secret weapon. Yeah, he was fantastic. Right. I love him, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too. Um, so, Richard, uh, we've, we've used the term spaghetti western, or as mm. I like to call them, spaguda westerns. Um, <laughs> Is and there a story behind that? <laughs> <laughs> no, just like calling spaghetti spaguda. Um we we haven't really ad- explained what that is, and you messaged me the other day and you're like, are you going to explain what a spaghetti western is? And I was like, I don't know, I guess. And you were like, I'll do it. And I was like, okay. So, Richard, <laughs> yeah, what is a spaghetti western? Well, I don't have like a concise- I started to write like a concise um, you know, thing, but I thought, you know, I'll just chuck it off the top of my head. But anyway, so okay. spaghetti westerns or um, Italian westerns or macaroni westerns in Japan, um, <laughs> it's westerns that are filmed for cheap in Italy and- Primarily in Italian as well, which is why, but the whole cast isn't necessarily Italian, but like half of them are, which is why some people are really poorly dubbed in these films and some aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that often star like a faded Hollywood star or an up and comer like Clint Eastwood. And that's how kind of how he got his big break. But then it ended up being that, you know, this, this like essentially cheap labor and easy way to make films um, became 
you know, when you think of Westerns, you think of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and it's like they ended up making the best one. Um, but yeah, it is mm. Sergio Leone and like Clint Eastwood are obviously the two names that you associate with Western, and it's just quite funny how that all uh, started out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think if, if a Western is filmed in New Zealand, it's a Pavlova Western. I've heard that term before. <laughs> nice. Like Slow West with Michael Fassbender oh, is yeah, a nice. Pavlova Western. Uh, yeah, so A Fistful of Dollars was intended by Leone to reinvent the Western genre in Italy. In his opinion, the American Westerns of the mid to late 1950s had become stagnant, overly preachy, and not believable. Um, yeah, so apparently... I didn't know this. By the time that A Fistful of Dollars came out, Hollywood were kind of over Westerns, mm. which is interesting that like what I would think of as the quintessential yeah. Western came out so long Yeah, there was after. 600 speedy Westerns made between uh, 1960 and 1978. Wow. It's so many. Um, 18 years, 600 European Westerns, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because that's the thing is that Le- apparently Leone was like, yeah, America's sick of it, but Europe still loves them. Yeah. And like, the, apparently the, the Italian audiences liked both the, like, genuinely enjoyed the film, but also liked seeing verbose stereotypes right, yeah. of American characters <laughs> yeah. and stuff like but that. But it's funny that he was like, I'm going to reinvent the genre, and he just stole a Kurosawa film. Um, <laughs> that And because it was actually, like, it was quite a big deal. I think eventually, because, you know, he didn't, it's not an official remake. He just stole the, the plot and, and stuff like that. And I think he gave, he ended up having to, like, relinquish the rights. So I think Kurosawa got the Japanese, or, like, Toho got the Japanese rights to the yeah. film. And then um, also 15% of the worldwide box office. But I, I saw a quote from Kurosawa who's like, yeah, no, it's a good film. It's yeah. my film. <laughs> yeah, Kurosawa made more money off A Fistful of Dollars than he did off Yojimbo as well. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what a spaghetti western is, and that's what we're talking about um, or have been talking about so far today. But, Richard, this isn't a, f- a, f- a podcast about genres. Um, as only, uh, the mistake I made two weeks ago might suggest <laughs> otherwise. But, no, this is a podcast about franchises and... Is the Man with No Name trilogy even a franchise? Because this, Richard, this might be our least official franchise since Big Fat Liar. <laughs> that's not. That's the, not too far back. I thought you were going to say the Red Curtain trilogy. No, nah, the Red Curtain trilogy was like made with intention to be connected. Whereas, while well, each so is film, Big Fat Liar, I guess so. Yeah, but yeah. You know what I mean, though. We we were very angry at doing bigger, fatter liar because it was so <laughs> barely counting yeah. as a as a sequel. Um, so yeah, each film was used to like subsequently finance and market the next. But Leone's intention for the three movies was not necessarily for them to be considered a trilogy. The Man with No Name concept was invented by American the American distributor United Artists looking for an angle to sell the movies as a trilogy, right? So nice. it's it's not it's 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 depending how you it's almost like word of god canon because it's like mm. do you trust the director who's just like we just made three westerns with similar casts and similar titles and or the do same you trust and same character essentially. Yeah. <laughs> well, but well that's the thing is and we'll get more into that later but the the or yeah, do you trust the United Artists who were like yeah, it's a trilogy it's the like i don't think it was it was I, this is me speculating but i don't think leone was like the man with no name is returned it was more like we're going to make another one and then united us were like oh can we say the man with no name is back and he's like yeah sure you know yeah. it's like absolutely you know, not really not really caring about it almost is the yeah, vibe well, I I like, reading it, it's this. interesting because something you look at something like um the red curtain trilogy or like the cornetto trilogy um hmm. like eager rights ones that i would say these are more connected than those because yeah. it, it, it is like you know like if if um hot fuzz and the world's end both starred simon Pegg, who worked at the like cell phone warehouse and wore a white button-up shirt and had like hello my name is and it was scratched mm. out in every film you know that's essentially what it is it's like you're keeping the main character across three completely separate yeah, yeah. adventures and there's no indication in any of these films that the other films happened as well if, yeah. if i'm recalling correctly um 
Yeah, so it's it's a very strange thing. Like, it's strange to dress your character the exact same and have him essentially act the same way and not call it a trilogy. But Mm. yeah, I I like the idea that this guy, you know, he's just kind of like a drifter who just goes from town to town and wreaks a bit bit of havoc and then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it didn't never references his past adventures. <laughs> you may have made up your mind there, Richard, but the question is: Clint Eastwood playing the same character in each movie is one hell of an internet rabbit hole to fall down at one thirty a.m. Because mm-hmm. this is a mess of conversation on the internet. There are angry, as I said, there's like a lot of word of God canon. There's a lot of angry commenters who are stating their opinions or unconfirmed rumors as facts. They'll be like, "Yeah, well, this is what da 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 said," and it's like. You can't just say this is what someone said and then not yeah, provide it's like a source. down under all over again. <laughs> um, there are loads of people arguing that the films are connected, loads of people arguing they aren't, and even a couple arguing that like the second one isn't, but the first one is, and the third one is acting as a retcon to connect the, the first two together. Yeah, I'd I- heard that the third one... I, like Years ago, I think I'd heard that like the third one is a remake of the first two. Or right. something like that. And, but then it ended up not being true. But, yeah. No, no. Um, I even found an uncertified claim on IMDb that Leone, and this is this could be true, and I found another website talking about it, but I couldn't find like anything that I felt was like official enough to, to yeah. be certifiable. Um, Leone had a falling out with the producers of the first film before he made the second, and as such, he apparently won a case in a court of law by arguing that Eastwood's character in the first film was not the same character in the second. Like, that was how yes. they won the case, um, and is instead a public domain archetype of the Western cowboy persona. I don't know if that's true, but nice. it's a very interesting <laughs> spin yeah. on, on this argument. Um, and as we mentioned before... Eastwood's character does indeed have a different name in each film, and the first one is called Joe. He's only called it once, and it's very like, what the fuck? <laughs> like the, yeah. the, 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 the like funeral, the guy who builds coffins is like, Joe! And I was like, what? <laughs> That's uh, how, I thought it was like in it more, because I'd heard that his name was Joe in the first one, but it's funny yeah. to see it play out. Um, Manco is, is his name in the second film, and Blondie is in the third film. However, like Blondie is obviously a nickname. Hmm. Because yeah, Tuco and, um, doesn't know, but his Manco name. they like make it a point of pointing out that he has a name, like, and his yeah. name is dot 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 Manco. Well, it's and it's funny you should mention that because Manco is actually Spanish for one armed, because mm-hmm. Eastwood's all, always got one arm on his gun under his poncho, so he does everything with his left. Nice, yeah, because it, it's hand. still a nickname, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a nickname. So we can, if we can assume Richard that his real name <laughs> is Joe and Blondie and Manco are just nicknames, then it is feasible that he is playing the same character. But then all three films also feature recurring actors, and everyone except Clint Eastwood is clearly meant to be a different person. The most yeah, notable yeah. being Lee Van Cleef, who is the second most important character. In yeah, he's not even the first films. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if Van Cleef is playing different roles, then why can't Eastwood be playing different roles? Mm. You know, these are the questions. Uh, that being said, there is obviously some internal consistency between the first two films. I mean, their titles are clearly playing off each other, but again, that could just be a marketing campaign. You know, yeah, because is that actually what they um, translate to in Italian? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, but probably the biggest smoking gun in the he's the same character camp is the fact that Eastwood's character finds his poncho by the end of The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, which brings me to my next point, Richard. One thing that makes this franchise pretty relevant to recent cult popular conversations is that The Good and The Bad and The Ugly is considered a prequel. Uh, since Ooh. it depicts Eastwood's character gradually acquiring his clothes, as I just said, that he wears in the first two films, and because it takes place during the American Civil War, which was 1861 to 1865, where the other two films feature comparatively more modern firearms and props. Um, yeah, like there's uh, Lee Van Cleef's character and a few dollars more as a Confederate veteran, um, and there's a, gra- there's a graveyard and a fistful of dollars which features a gravestone dated 1873, which means it's after the Civil War. So, is the good, the bad, and the ugly a good, bad, or ugly prequel, Richard? <laughs> uh, well, I like the idea that they all kind of take place in like a cyclical timeline, ah, yeah. um, and it's like th- these are just snapshots of things that could happen. They're like old. It's a weird thing, and I don't know that there's another franchise like it. But mm. they're all kind of like alternate like takes of what could have happened, like right. in, in like a weird way. And they, yeah, they all they all happened and they all didn't and it's like this weird floating timeline yeah that's how i imagine it 
Nice. Yeah, like, like I can I can quite easily just not think about it too much, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. But, I mean, this is called Popture, right? Yeah, so we're exactly. like, think about it! Because, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, again, I would argue The Good, The Bad, The Ugly is the best of the series and maybe the best film, which is technically a prequel, but I think it's probably a bad prequel, which maybe makes it an ugly prequel. Uh, because, Ooh. like, knowing, knowing that The Man With No Name survives spoils the ending because it is legitimately up in the air during that Mexican standoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool watching that Mexican standoff because I was like, I've seen this so many times, I actually don't know what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it made me realize that, like halfway through, I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't really, yeah. I don't know who gets shot here. Yeah, but then like the it's just the bad guy gets shot. I was like, yeah. oh, that was that was good. Um, so and but this also throws another wrench in the are they even the same character argument because why would Blondie now incredibly rich by the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly, then risk his life for halls of money twice later on in his life. You know, you'd think he'd be like, I'm set. I don't need to like put myself in situations where he very does nearly die. Where he very nearly does nearly die. That's a weird way to say that. Mm. Um, you know, several times across the, 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 the preceding films. Um, but another fun fact about that poncho, that, that poncho, but, Richard. But, but, but the poncho. That, is that apparently you can see the bullet holes made in the first film uh, in Eastwood's poncho in the second film. Mm. They're like stitched up and he's wearing it back to front. Um, so is the poncho the key to all of this? <laughs> well, that's because he actually just, it's the same poncho across all three films. Like like in, in, the, in the real world, Clint Eastwood wore the same poncho mm. and never washed it. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, it's just yeah. Clint Eastwood's poncho, so maybe it isn't anything, yeah. and it's less about internal yeah, well, like, Maybe if, if like- Clint Eastwood wasn't so sentimental about that poncho, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. <laughs> because I mean, I, like I'm- apart from that, you know, there's it's just Clint Eastwood starting three westerns. I'm moving to rename this film, this trilogy, the the Poncho trilogy, because that seems like the main piece of continuity. Yeah, across should we add films. that to the Wikipedia? Also known right. as the Blood Money yeah, trilogy or the Poncho trilogy, the Eastwood Poncho trilogy. Yeah, so that's the big conversation. Is this a franchise? And I think because we've had this conversation, I think it's enough of a reason to have the talk about it on this podcast. So I'm all, I'm all good with considering it a franchise i'm sure you are too um but one thing that we like to talk about other than franchises on this podcast richard is titles Mm. um and usually i'd be pretty upset that the dollars motif was dropped from the last film but because of all the skepticism about whether it is actually a a trilogy or not i'm not too bothered that um the good the bad the ugly is is called something completely different to the other two mm. um but when it was being released in america this is of note uh, yeah. there were a couple of titles that nearly got picked because in in italian it was called the good the ugly and the bad which is weird to go in that order <laughs> yeah um well you know obviously in italian maybe it meant something else yeah. um but yeah, the, the they were trying to think of a title for the American version if they weren't going to call it the good, the bad, and the ugly, and um, one of them was just the man with no name, uh, title, and yeah. and one of them was River of Dollars. Oh yeah, so it could have been another Dollars movie. River um, of Dollars is a stupid title. Yeah, I don't know why it'd be called that. Yeah, there's no. Well, sure there you is could, a river. Um, you could add like grave, grave yeah, full yeah. of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the working title for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly was The Two Magnificent Tramps, um, which may seem a little left field until you consider the fact that the original title for A Fistful of Dollars was The Magnificent Stranger. So Ooh. maybe this could have been The Magnificent Trilogy. They, I mean, they could have made seven of them. Yeah. This came out after The Magnificent Seven as well. So clearly wow. Magnificent was like a word people associated with Westerns. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon Kurosawa's pissed off that like- they got all these westerns made from his films because magnificent seven is a remake Mm. of um seven samurai true it's actually a a rushamon um is um remade as a western it's interesting isn't it that like japanese classic cinema and western cinema have this have these weird kinships despite being quite different kind Mm. of feels to them yeah, the, uh, there's a movie called The Outrage, which is a 1950 Western, uh, or a 1964 Western, which is a remake of Rashomon. Wow. What is it? Is it because samurai, is it because ca- the cowboys are the American yeah, samurai? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I guess they are. I guess it's not that actually that different after all. 
I guess we're all just the same. Yeah. We need to set aside our differences and make one world Western. Forget spaghetti. Forget Pavlova. <laughs> forgetty. Forgetty. Forgetty the spaghetti. Forget about it. <laughs> the forget about a Western. Imagine if they called it that. What what other countries would be called? What would a Western be called in other countries? Like are they is is like Seven Samurai like a, a sushi Western? Uh, well, I think it's just a samurai film. Yeah. Yeah, I just like categories. <laughs> um, uh, oh, speaking of titles as well, um, mm. so Sergio Leone made two like unofficial trilogies. You know about the there's also the Once Upon a Time trilogy, which is. Once Upon a Time in the West is the first one, and Once Upon a Time in America is the third one. Do you know what the second one's called? What? It's called Duck, You Sucker. Yeah, I saw that. Um, oh, it's Duck. Of course it's Duck, You Sucker. I thought it was Duck, You Sucker. I was like, that's a oh, yeah. strange title it was for Duck, a movie You to Sucker. Um, but that's, that was also um, also known as, like, Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 The Revolution, um, <laughs> or A Festival of Dynamite. Oh, you're kidding me. Well, I also read that um, Clint Eastwood nearly starred in Once Upon a Time in the West. Nice. And so would that have made it, you know? Well, it depends on if he's like, I'll only do it if I can bring my poncho. And Sergio's <laughs> like, oh my God, <laughs> enough of the fucking poncho. Clint. The poncho is what it all comes down to, dude. Um, all right. So we're going to move on to a little segment now, Richard, called Dumb IMDb Trivia. Cool. And then this little segue, I also have a little segue I want to take. Um, just remind me to do it. I'll remind you to take a segue. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, as we explain, whenever we do dumb IMDb trivia, uh, IMDb user trivia is well, IMDb trivia is user suggested, meaning that people can put whatever they want in the trivia section, and it doesn't really get, you know, what's the word? Uh, moderated. Uh, moderated. Yeah, it's just you could put in it. Clint Eastwood stars in this film and two others like it, therefore making it an unofficial trilogy. And even though two other people have written that already, it'll just be end up at the trivia section. So this is a piece of trivia from A Fistful of Dollars. Um, so apparently, Richard, A Fistful of Dollars is the only film in the Dollars trilogy where the man with no name is the protagonist. For a few dollars more, it is Colonel Mortimer's story, and for the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's Tuco's story. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I mean, that, yeah, okay, if you want to define it like that. Yeah, what a weird thing to just say with, with like, command, you know? Like, I am deciding that these are this person's story. Because it's, it's very, you know, it's up in the air, basically. Like, it's not, it's not definitely colonel mortimer's story and it's not it's certainly not definitely tuco's story yeah um, yeah the good the bad the ugly so i just thought that one made me angry that was a piece of angering imdb trivia because i was like this (laughs) isn't true trivia yeah all right you wanted to do a segue richard um oh is that your one piece um yeah let me just i don't know if you remembered but you said can i do a segue and i was like yep i'm just trying to see if i can Okay, so um, watching these films made me think of one of the funniest exchanges I've seen on Reddit. Um, so there was a, a post, it was an Ask Reddit post. It's called, um, what kind of things would Traitor Joe's spell, sell? Because, you know, you have Traitor Joe's, Traitor, he's a traitor. Um, mm. And someone was like, cowboy boots, but the spurs are on the inside. Um, and then someone was like, Diepicness666, as his name was like, said the outside, not the inside. And then people are like, what? Like, And so someone said, ah, whoosh, you know, saying like the joke went over your head. And Dapicness was like, bitch, how? Spurs are for riding horses. You kick the horse with the spurs. If the spurs are on the medial side of the shoe, you can k- still kick them into the horse. But if they're on the lateral side, outside, you can't use them. Don't you ever whoosh me again, you crusty ass homo erectus bitch. <laughs> and then um, someone said, whoosh, whoosh with four O's. It's on the inside as it will dig into your feet. 
Um, and he said, I, fish my, I fixed my wish before you even commented. And that's just stupid. You couldn't put pointy things on the inside of any shoe and it would fit the question. But if you're going to use Spurs specifically, at least utilize some knowledge of how they work. <laughs> you could put anything pointy on the inside of a shoe. What a great defense. Um, and then he said, yes, you could put them on any shoe, but these shoes already have spikes. It's a joke. As the question is asked in humor, do you know what that is? He said, clearly more than you, since you think whoosh is funny. <laughs> Um, let me wow. see. This kid just just keeps going and going. Um, <laughs> is this a famous thread or is this no? One this is just what I saw the other like a month ago, and I was like, "This is so funny." Um, <laughs> and he said, um, <laughs> "Are you sure about that?" I have a sense of humor. You're getting angry over being worshipped. I'm sure you'll find people to get angry with, though. Are you not the one who originally had an issue with my joke? Um, I wasn't getting angry. I just saying you missed the joke. I didn't though, except that you did. Except I didn't. <laughs> you originally said that the spurs should be on the outside as to render them useless. However, the joke was referring to being inside the boot, digging into the foot, not simply being useless. Um, what I said made more sense in reference to the question because I was asking for traitorous objects, meaning that the object works in the exact opposite way that it's supposed to. Spurs are meant for horse riding. Therefore, any spurs can be utilized during the horse riding. A traitorous spurs, uh, but putting them on the inside is stupid because all shoes are meant to keep your feet safe. So any shoes that hurt your feet are traitorous shoes, therefore using cowboy boots and spurs for this purpose is stupid because it misses a much more unique comedic perspective. <laughs> I kind of agree with him. Like he's being a dick, but it's kind of impressive to see someone defend their their joke so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, You could put anything pointy on the inside of any shoe. Why make it a cowboy boot and spurs if you can like, I didn't read this slide because like, my, my phone doesn't like when I read it on my phone doesn't go this deep with the comments. But just the fact that he's like, Well you fucking homo rectus bitch, don't even fucking wish me again <laughs> Because also someone that knows this much about cowboy boots, like the idea of what that person would be like Um I'm gonna save this um comment so I can revisit it. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's really funny man I'm glad, um, yeah, I'm glad I was able to find it because I, 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 honestly all week I was looking for that thread but I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was called and then I managed to find it on Google just now nice. um, so yeah Spurs go on the um, medial side of the boot so you can kick the horse what does medial mean? Uh, well, medial means the inside lateral means the outside I think yeah. is that boot terminology specifically or just I think it's um, terminology. foot terminology Oh wow! Um, wow! 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 Yeah. Thank you for bringing what it was a very tenuously linked conversation to this episode, but I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. Well, it's just because there's so many shots of spurs. I was like, oh man. There's a plot point so involving a spur, even. Yeah. Yeah, where um, where uh, Blondie hears the spurs of some intruders and shoots them before he gets them. Um, but then two goes behind him and he spins his spurs and he's like, oh, I got you. Hey, oh, I got you, sucker. While we're on plot points, do you have any favorite scenes or anything that you want to bring up? Ooh, uh, no. Oh, good. I One of the <laughs> things I like about The Good, The Bad, The Ugly is that there's actually quite a few jokes in it, which is mm. which is like Tuco is quite a great character. And, and overall, I'd say The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, the characters are all some of the best. It's like it's such a good ensemble of characters, you know, like they yeah. They do so well, and they, they they fit. They fit in the film and, and play off each other so well. One of my favorite moments in, in the film is when they see some um, soldiers marching towards them, and they're dressed in white, which means they're fighting for the South, I think. I could be wrong, because it's set in the Civil War. And they, they don't want to get, like, called up, so Tugo starts yelling out pro-South stuff to them and he's like yes yeah P- uh, up up with general what's his name and claudice was like lee lee and he's like up with general lee <laughs> and then they get close to them and they look at them and they start patting down their suits and they're actually wearing blue which means they're from the north i think which means that they you know because they had dust all over their suits just ready to look white and that lands them in heaps of trouble because they're <laughs> yelling out the wrong you know maybe if they'd just been quiet they would have been able to pass on without, without anyone noticing um, so i think that's really funny yeah, it's funny as well. We should mention that the the whole reason we're doing this um, franchise, I just remembered, uh, is because of me. Um, and because mm. I confessed recently that I'd never actually seen a Clint Eastwood film until I saw The Mule, his um, you know latest directorial effort, which he also stars in. Um, and he, I pointed out that he has 
two threesomes in that movie, and it's very strange. But now, watching these films, it makes total sense. Because, goddamn, that is one handsome man. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of my granddad. And Your I granddad's think, I think hot. <laughs> my granddad doesn't necessarily look like Clint Eastwood, but I think he, he likes... He likes westerns, and maybe I associate. Oh, yeah, I've always thought my granddad looks like a mix between Sean Connery and Doctor Cox from Scrubs, <laughs> um, which kind of, if you think about it, looks like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Those two people mixed together kind of looks like Clint Eastwood. So maybe that's where I'm going from. Um, there was a uh, photos of Clint Eastwood's son Scott Eastwood, who's very handsome but not a very good actor. Um, <laughs> got posted to read at one time, and it was like this is. Um, Clint Eastwood's son, Scott, and the top comment was, Jesus Christ, who's his mum, Hugh Jackman? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because he's also well, incredibly handsome. Richard, let's move on to our final segment of the show. Franchise uh, roulette. Yep. Actually, no. no, I've changed my mind. Let's not do that just yet. Let's move on to continue the franchise. Oh, okay, yeah, right. A penultimate section <laughs> of the show. Um, so this is a section of the show where we pitch sequels, we pitch whatever you know a way to continue the franchise um and while the legacy of the trilogy uh has lived on in pop culture and there are you know novels about the man with no name um there is yet to be a fourth film in the series however screenwriter for the second two films luciano vincenzoni has stated on numerous occasions that he had written a treatment for a sequel tentatively titled il Il Buono, Il Bruto, Il Cavito, N2, which translates to The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, according to Vincent Zoni and Eli Wallach, who played Tuco in the film, uh, the, the film would have been set 20 years after the original and would have followed Tuco pursuing Blondie's grandson for the gold. Clint Eastwood expressed interest in taking part in the film's production, including acting as a narrator. Uh, Joe Dante was approached to direct and Sergio Leone was approached to be a producer, um, which means that this is the, how many, like Joe Dante did Gremlins and Gremlins 2. That's right, yeah. And he's he's just um, announced a Gremlins um, thing, uh, animated series as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And he also did Looney Tunes back in action. That's right. Uh, eventually, however, the project was vetoed by Leone as he did not want the original film's title or characters to be reused, nor did he want to be involved in another Western film. Um, yeah, sure. I think I'm quite intrigued by that that idea, though. That Yeah, like a straight up sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But like that it's set 20 years later, I find all that very interesting. Yeah. You, would you need a new bad? Probably. Or does the ghost of Angel Eyes? Yes. Yes. Angel <laughs> ghost. So, all right, Richard, do you want to go first? Shall I go first? Oh, I I'll have a first. sneaking suspicion we've got the same idea. But uh, what, a, a Logan-style send-off to the, no, to the that man wasn't with my idea at all. No, I mean, I just, like, it'd be cool to see, even just as a fun little Easter egg, to, to have Clint Eastwood in a Western again, mm. you know? Um, I mean, I think he would consider his current films to probably be Westerns. Like the mule, him. yeah, the mule, yeah. Um, Grand Torino is like a modern western, I think. Yeah, but like it would be cool if they if they made a proper like callback western, you know, like with kind of a, a schlocky title, or even like you know, like getting back into the spaghetti westerns, and you give Clint Eastwood a little cameo, maybe even as a narrator. Wow, that's my continuity franchise is, is making a new western. And what is Clint, Clint Eastwood Eastwood's about. deal? I feel like he's not a very good guy. Am I correct? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on what you think of Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's quite strongly Republican, although I don't think he's necessarily a massive supporter of Donald Trump. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's that famous weird thing of him, like um, he was at like some Republican conference and he like spoke to an empty chair, like pretending that it was a Democrat or it was Obama or something like that and it's real weird and it's a real senile and that was when a lot of people were like the fuck is Clint Eastwood doing (laughs) that's yeah I get that vibe about him he's he's like the same with like Jim Carrey you know yeah yeah Jim Carrey is a bit strange actors who have done some really cool stuff but now like the more I learn about their personal and political lives I'm like 
Mm. Yeah, like how he um, Jim Carrey's an anti-vax, mm, exactly. and so is Dennis from Always Sunny. Is he? Yeah. Really? Why he's like, look, I'm not not pro-vaccination. I just think you should have the right to not vaccinate your children. Glenn Howerton. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a Wikipedia page for political life of Clint Eastwood. Well, as fun as that sounds to read verbatim, <laughs> I might go into my continue the franchise if that's all good. Yeah, I'm just trying to see if he's, if, if he's officially um, pro or anti-Trump. He, he did discuss... Um, he, he did talk about how this generation is a pussy generation oh good good terminology like it's sexist as well as being disrespectful to our generation <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think the reason clint eastwood still does so much work in hollywood is he's as a director he's no- not notorious he's known for um coming in under time and under budget like you can and he'll, yeah. and he'll make a pretty competent film because he's famous for doing one take and um if you'll let me um that actually comes from um, his like one take thing and his whole style of directing comes from his experience being on westerns because he always thought that the role of the director and back in those days they 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 were very like oh you know here i am i'm the director and they're like shouting action and stuff like that whereas apparently working with clint eastwood these days you know you get ready for the scene and he goes all right okay and um all right go ahead Instead of like saying action, because right. um, and like this is Tom Hanks is telling the story and Graham Norton, and it's because when Clint Eastwood was working on all these westerns, um, they would the directors would shout action and it would spook the horses, and so um, and also that they have this like Pavlovian response to the word action, and so they have to like call out other words, and so Clint Eastwood's now like just taken that and, and to this day, you know, like what is it like. 50 years after his last western is still on set treats his actors like that because of the horses that he was trained around did they have that reaction making a film in new zealand and that's why it's pavlovian <laughs> <laughs> if they had it in italy it'd be spaghetti and spaghetti what did you call spaghetti spaguda spaguda <laughs> Spaguda. All right, Mike, I did the franchise, Richard. I think that the good, the bad, and the ugly would make a pretty cool video game, like a video game remake just of nice. of that story. A lot of it is split up into what feels like distinct chapters of a video game, especially like like the one that comes to mind immediately is towards the end of the film, they have to blow up a bridge for the... Um, for the in the civil war and it's like that feels like a you know like video quest video games you've always got to like do a favor for someone to advance your own journey and stuff like that yeah like this movie's full of stuff like that so i reckon the good the bad and the ugly do you remember when they released a for russia with love playstation 2 game and it was okay. like it was like a it was like a love letter to james bond right movies okay and stuff so, like so that. essentially you're continuing the franchise as red dead redemption yeah but with with the story template of um, of the good, the bad, yeah. the ugly, maybe you can play as all three of yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to say, know? yeah, like um, GTA Five styles that you could switch between the good, the bad, and the ugly. And like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. So that's my idea for Continue the Franchise. Do I need to stop doing this should be a video game as my Continue the Franchise? Because I feel like I've d- started doing that too often. But it should be a video game. <laughs> <laughs> hey well look richard that is it that's it for this episode of film franchise four nights um we're going to be um calling up the the number have you got the random number generator uh, in front yeah, of you just getting it ready now cool do you want me to pull up the shall i tell you what the what the franchise is this time oh, i've already got the list up oh all right well all right, Richard. What is the number for the next? Sorry, do we need to explain this? We have a whole numbered list of 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 franchises, and whatever the number on this number generator is, is going to be the franchise that we cover next. Okay. What is it? Eleven. Eleven. All right. Well, while I look for that, scroll for miles for that, I would just like to remind everybody that you can find Cold Popshire on Instagram. There's a weird one to start with. Facebook, YouTube, um, Acast, iTunes, or Pop- Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find yeah, us. And also um, hang out with us on the um, Little Empire Podcast Pals. Yeah, true. Facebook Do page. that. That's a Facebook group. Go over to that and check us out there. Or you can email us at media at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Um, go, you know, get on our Patreon and tell us which get series we should watch. Get on our Patreon. Um, and Richard, 
I'm looking at franchise number 11, and boy, is this some crazy <laughs> destiny shit going on. Do you yeah. remember when we did Nymphomaniac? Yeah. And we talked about how Kill Bill was the only other example of a franchise that was like one, one movie, movie split, split into, into two. two. Yeah. And then we got Kill Bill as the next franchise. Yep. And do you remember when we were doing American Pie and we were talking about how it's not quite as bad as Revenge of the Nerds and then the next franchise we got was Revenge of the Nerds? Yep. And it's like, is God himself watching over this podcast <laughs> and determined to create a narrative out of the series that we that we talk about? And um, why do and you do say you remember- that, AJ? Do you remember earlier in this episode, Richard? I, we I, I know about- what the what the next I franchise is. I know you is. do. Yeah. I'm building it up for the audience. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you remember earlier in this episode when we were talking about The Magnificent Seven? Yes. Well, that's our next franchise, The Magnificent what? Seven. Isn't that insane? That is fucking We're going to watch more Westerns. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently we've written down here there are four films plus a remake. Is that Let still me uh, double check that. Accurate. One moment. Um, so there's The Magnificent Seven. Um, although... I feel like we should watch, or I know you've seen it, I haven't. I've actually got it on hold at the library at the moment, um, is Seven Samurai. I've seen it. Yeah, but I feel like we should watch it. (sighs) It's so long. So there's Magnificent Seven. Actually, yeah, there's four plus remake. Is that what it says? Yeah. Yeah. So there's Magnificent Seven, Return of the Seven, Guns of the Magnificent Seven, The Magnificent Seven Ride, and then the 2016 remake, as well as Seven Samurai, as well as... A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life. I feel like A Bug's Life and Seven Samurai are further reading and not part of the franchise. Well, I mean, because, you know, like, um, this is actually like an official remake of Seven Samurai. (sighs) It's so long, dude. I've been wanting to watch Seven Samurai for so long. It's so long and it's so hard to find a version with subtitles. I, um... Yeah, I, I just recently, um, the other day, bought a, um, uh, well, I didn't buy it. I got a library card because they've got a good selection of, you know, books and movies. And yeah. um, Do yeah, they? so I've, Do I've, I've ordered Kuros- a bunch of Kurosawa films because I'm going to Japan uh, later this year. I can't remember if I mentioned that on the podcast yet, but I'm going to Japan. Um, nice. And I want to, you know, take in some Japanese culture. And I've also bought um, Akira Kurosawa's autobiography and so i'm gonna read that after my current book i'm reading because yeah i read books now because my job is real boring i can't believe we got magnificent seven that's some freaky ass shit man yeah man i'm not like oh so that's number 11 number 10 is the hunger games and number 12 is the parent trap <laughs> this is how it could have been anything it could have been yeah. a completely different series it's not like all the them. westerns are next to each other <laughs> yeah yeah exactly Ah, uh, all right. Well, we'll figure out what we're doing and if we're, if we're going to watch Do, we, do we need to add, um, add it to the Patreon? Do a poll? Uh, we could do, yeah. Since they like, decided our fate for Spider-Man. All will be revealed. Next week. No, if we, give it, two weeks if we put the it on Patreon, they're going to just say, yeah, do as many films as, you, as possible. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, well, see, always- the, okay, so now you're the fucking... The, the tables have turned because for Spider-Man, you were like, no, let's put it to Patreon. It's like, they're just going to vote for more films. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but I want to do the more films. So it's fine. I didn't want to do the more films for Spider-Man. Yeah, you did. You wanted to talk about Venom. No, it was, it was more of a Venom duty than a, than a preference. Mm, well, see, I just think that it's now that you prefer the... I just... Okay, let me paint the picture of when I first watched um, Seven Samurai. Okay. I have a I have a Facebook group which you should all join called AJ's Movie Club where we where vote he on a movie. Refuses to watch Japanese films and when he does, he complains about them. What are you talking about? Well, because you they didn't watch Howl's Moving Castle or Your Name. Yeah, I was real busy that fortnight. Whatever, you, I've watched more Movie Club movies than you have. Those are the yeah, only I don't two have any I've obligation. Missed. It's not my fucking name on there. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Magnificent Seven got voted in and. Uh, first of all, not only was I like the only person who watched it in the whole club, but it was I had to like find 
several versions to to watch it all in one go. I had to watch half of it on a Sunday night and then spend all of Monday doing nothing, just watching the rest of the Magnificent Seven. Sorry, the Seven Samurai, which being in a foreign language means you have to pay full attention to it at all times. Uh, and um, I don't don't really feel like I enjoyed it that much because it was such a you had to really work. To, it's yeah. three and a half hours. Yeah, but like, I mean, I've actually I've wanted to watch this movie for so long. You had um, your chance, huh? It was voted for on Movie Club. Yeah, I didn't have time to watch a three and a half hour movie that week. All right, everybody, thank you very much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Hey, look, we cracked an hour. Let us know if you want to watch Seven Samurai. Yeah, yeah, do that. All right, we'll see you next next fortnight for uh, the Magnificent Seven series, and we will see you uh, next week with the second part of the most disappointing films of 2019 so far thank you very much everybody see you later bye Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 